Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Dea Nath, and she works in conflict resolution in the construction industry, and she's also a business coach uh, to attorneys. Um, she's also someone who enjoys drawing, painting, and traveling. Uh, we met on LinkedIn, and we uh, sort of hit it off, and so uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have her here as a guest. She was able to carve out some time in her pack schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are very blessed. I guess to start off, can you tell us about your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Uh, sure, Luke. Thank you. And thank you again for having me today. Uh, yes, I my background is uh, in law, basically, and I started out in conflict resolution pretty much right away. Uh, I grew up in the construction industry. My whole family is in construction, and um, literally my dad uh, and mom's company uh, was operated out of the house growing up. So uh, contractors and subcontractors always coming and going, and it was uh, very interesting to, to grow up in that dynamic. And so I went to, I ended up going to law school, and right out of the gate, I was thinking that the litigation process was so long and arduous and, and back and forth and, and whatnot, and couldn't there be a better way? And I started looking for alternative dispute resolution programs um, when, I, when I graduated, and family law, family, family mediation was really all that was available for training uh, at that time, and didn't really want to want to do that. So I guess just kind of fast forward, I started practicing law um, as my primary occupation in 2005, right after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. And so construction was what I knew and what was needed. And so I jumped in with both feet. And kind of over the years, I've talked to people I've represented, I've presented, hey, you know, we could do some early dispute resolution. We could try to negotiate this right away. Uh, we could try to keep the job going to save some costs and some, some litigation issues down the road. And, you know, what do you say? And sometimes they would be, yes, let's try to work it out. And other times, well, no, go ahead and just um, use the litigation process. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my, my nutshell background. And a couple of years ago, I also decided to add coaching and professional development to my my practice areas, and then that's become one of my, one of the main chunks of my occupation is um, coaching other attorneys on their on their business, on their business development, uh, relationships, leadership skills, um, how to get promoted for partner, um, how to kind of revive your practice if you're in year ten or fifteen, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go shut the doors and go open a car wash and it's like, okay, wait a minute, let's let's like reconnect with why you wanted to do this in the first place and see if we can make a, a juicy a juicy next fresh start um or or a very empowered new career if that's if that's what you decide to do. So sort of an evolution, like most people. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. <laughs> so you came from a a, a family and thank you uh, for sharing your story. Uh, you came from a family that was into construction, uh, you know, contractors, subcontractors coming in and out of the home. And so I guess that may have started your interest down that road. And uh, so you became a lawyer and 
and obviously you worked in the construction industry as an attorney. You, but uh, you you noticed, I think, I guess, starting in law school, that the litigation process was very uh, obviously arduous. I can imagine it's very slow, long, and ugly, and and whatnot. And you figured, hey, maybe there's a way to resolve this and, and you know finish this up, you know, the, the, solve the problem sooner. Um, so I, I can. Uh, I can imagine that so many people would be open to this idea uh, instead of a long litigation you know, process and whatnot. And uh, so and it's interesting that you were able to, to kind of start working on a lot of things even after the hurricane, Katrina. Um, I can only imagine, um, you know, we, obviously we heard all the stories about how destructive it was and, and whatnot. And, and so, it, uh, you know, the, the, obviously there must have been a lot of work involved particularly construction so which gave you know an opportunity to you which is amazing and i'm curious now obviously um, you also help lawyers uh particularly if they want to do something new or if they want to grow or whatnot and i think that's amazing um so um you know everyone i'm of the belief that everyone needs a coach so and that includes lawyers of course (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, obviously, you got through one sort of hairy situation with Katrina and whatnot. I'm curious. Obviously, we got we went through another kind of situation that's tough with the pandemic. Um, can you uh, describe the current state of affairs when it comes to um, when it comes to business, when it comes to construction, and and I guess with the and obviously the business of uh, being an attorney. Um, what challenges has the pandemic posed, if any? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic has been, uh, you know, I don't think anyone anywhere has not been affected in some form or fashion uh, with the pandemic. Um, You know, like the the displacement after Hurricane Katrina, we had several million people that were displaced from the Gulf Coast region and went into cities and states all over the country for um, six months, a year, sometimes longer, uh, and had to kind of reestablish everything um, and in the pandemic, like we didn't really have a choice to, and people people did re- relocate. Um, and a lot of people have moved out of the cities and into the in, into the suburbs or moved to be with family uh, over the pandemic. So that's been that's been very interesting. Um, the construction industry itself it slowed, um, but it did not stop. And in some places, certain things have gone up, like renovations and remodels have been extremely popular this last year. Um, and people are people are moving. Real estate has been really great. A combination of uh, people moving out of the cities as well as um, the interest rates being so low. So people are actually moving. Yeah, and also the remote work. So the majority of people who could remote work uh, and are going to stay remote working as early as late summer of last of uh, 2020, companies were announcing that they were not going to have a return to office. Um, or a choice to return to office. And so a lot of people last summer just picked up and moved to places that were more affordable uh, or you could, where you could get more bang for your buck. So that's been really helpful to the construction and real estate industries. Um, also, job sites being primarily outside, um, as long as companies followed their local local rules and their, their worker safety rules, they were able to to continue work. So it was deemed an essential function. Um, there's been a lot of infrastructure projects that have happened last year. 
Um, the, the issues, the conflict issues that I've seen are the delays. So there's a limited supply of materials, um, mainly from stuff, parts and things coming from abroad, uh, an extremely high lumber price. So mm. there's been, there have been a lot of issues with that, like who's to bear the cost of inflation on materials or the delay damages for the lack of supplies. And that's all stuff that we're going to be working out for years to come. Uh, there have been huge developments that stalled and had to wait, basically. Couldn't get materials, you couldn't get labor. So all that's going to be coming out for for quite some time. So. Wow. And that seems like a job for someone who works in conflict resolution, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we're all going to be busy. Um, so. Yeah, it's been very, it's been very interesting. It's been very interesting. My my personal business it, it took some it took some ups and downs over the last year, and I've got to tell you that since like mid February, um, I wish I could clone myself. So, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been gangbusters. Um, so, but I you know I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Well, okay. I, I suppose that's a good problem to have, in a sense. It is um, a good getting... problem to have. <laughs> and uh, so you were talking about the trends are that a lot of people are moving to the suburbs because uh, to get more bang for their buck. Um, obviously, uh, they can do remote work, which is which is great. And um, and and obviously, you see that there may be disputes for, uh, as you mentioned, for years to come uh, that will continue to keep you busy and whatnot. And so it's interesting. I think that um, obviously in the future, uh, people, more people are going to be working remotely than they did before. I'm curious, where do you see things in the future? Where do you see yourself in that future? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I've always enjoyed being a little bit location independent um, and just being able to work from work by video conferencing wherever. Um, I had done it before I had some experimental times where I would go abroad for a month and just work off of Skype. That's how long ago it was. And, uh, you know, just kind of see, kind of see how much I could control that. And, um, it, it, it worked fine in the, in the short Mm. term. And now I've been basically remote since March of last year. So over a year and, um, Really, so far, so good. I I do miss uh, my live public speaking, so I, I just uh, got reached out to do a live conference in Nashville in um, September. Uh, okay. So I'm like, okay, cool, um, a large live conference. So we'll we'll see. And they and they said that. Do you want to do virtual or do you want to come to Nashville? And I'm like, well, I really kind of want to go to Nashville. So um, haven't inked it yet. Haven't inked it yet. And uh, so we'll, so we'll see. I do, I do like doing things live, but then again, it's going to be at um, whatever precautions, you know, whatever precautions are necessary. So I've been, uh, been very um, rules. I've been, I've been quite a rule follower this last year. Um, okay. So I'm very adventurous by nature, but I was not fooling around with the the COVID nineteen. <laughs> okay, yep. I totally understand. So, yeah. Right. Well, the great thing is that I think uh, we're 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 I think we're heading into that post pandemic world uh, where uh, you know with the ramp up distribution of the vaccines, and uh, you know I think that we're we're almost. 
almost passed this situation. Um, uh, hopefully, God willing, uh, maybe in a couple months. So, uh, so you know, I, I, I do agree with you, obviously, that uh, it's going to be a new normal. That we won't really ever go back to the way it was right before the pandemic. Um, more people are going to be working remotely. And I also see you in Nashville, by the way, just so you know. Um, so. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm curious now, obviously, uh, as a coach, uh, I talk to a lot of coaches and I give them the same question. There are so many people who may view it as unnecessary. They may roll their eyes and be skeptical and cynical and say, well, why do I need to pay to have a coach when I can learn to improve on my own, read a book or whatnot? And I'm curious, what would you say to an individual like that? Mm-hmm. Um, they're right, actually. Um, they're, this is the coaching profession and the coaching industry. Same with, you know, you could say the same thing about the legal industry. Like, why would I, why would I need a law, why would I need a lawyer? Why don't I just handle this myself? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're getting, when you, when you do work with a coach, you're getting accountability. You're getting someone who holds a mirror up to you and says, Hey, you know, you're you're paying me not to buy your BS. You're you're paying me to help you change. Um, similar to like a personal trainer. Like I'm a big fan of having a personal trainer because I know that exercise is not my favorite thing to do. But I know mm-hmm. if somebody's waiting for me uh, at the gym or online <laughs> at a certain time, I'm going to be there. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're not, you know, they're not doing the work for me. They're like, hey, Daya, do these burpees. Um, and I'll be like, I'll be like, uh, no, uh, Sarah, why don't you do the burpees today? Well, she's going to do the burpees, but it's not going to help me. So something I just would think just to, to answer that, to answer that question, and it's, it's going to be individual for everybody. So that's why I'm, I'm very open with, with talking to people who are interested, um, even if they're just semi-interested, even if they're just curious, because it's mm. going to be individualized to why, why would they um, on that? But I, but I do get a lot, I get a lot of people who are going up for partnership because they only have one, one real shot at that and they need to really cover a lot of bases in a short amount of time. Um, so that's, that's like one thing also people who are changing jobs. It's like, yeah, they could call and get a recruiter and get another job, but if that job ends up being, you know, the grass was greener and it's same job, different logo, then they haven't really progressed their career. So it's worth spending a couple of, a couple of hours, a couple of months uh, to go ahead and, and work on that first. Mm. Wow. And I totally agree with you, by the way. And uh, obviously, there are probably a lot of books out there on personal development on what to do right and whatnot. But, you know, so many people aren't implementing it. Um, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's, a, there's a reason. There's a missing ingredient. You mentioned it, the accountability factor. Uh, you can hold up that mirror, um, tell them the truth and whatnot (laughs) and oftentimes i think a lot of times uh, when it comes to business coaches lawyers they may be surrounded by employees and yes men and yes women who may not be willing to tell them the truth like a a coach can and so you know obviously you're being paid not to buy their bs as you mentioned you know um but going back to that accountability factor you know obviously a book can't hold you accountable the way like a human being can you know a magazine article blog or social media post None of those things can hold you accountable the way 
uh, a living, breathing human being who knows what he or she is talking about can. So uh, definitely agree. I think that's huge for why a person needs a coach. I think everyone needs a coach, whether it's a business coach or a life coach. I think they're so important. Uh, so many of the great athletes, they have coaches and whatnot. Um, so definitely uh uh, and I think there's a sea change in, in that opinion. I think more and more people are understanding the importance of coaching. A good coach can help shape years off your learning curve, and and you know uh, take out a lot of uh, you know shorten the time it takes for you to get from point A to point Z, so to speak, and achieve success. Um, I, I'm curious. Obviously, uh, there are so many coaches out there. And uh, there's a low barrier to entry, so to speak. So a lot of people can just call themselves a coach and uh, put out that, you know, for business sign outside and uh, uh, sell that open for business sign. Rather, I'm curious, what um, competitive advantage do you have as a coach? What do you do better than maybe some of some of the others out there? Oh gosh. <laughs> I'd say, again, that's going to be really individualized. Um, I really like to have a deep conversation with the people I work with. Um, and I, ha- I do come from both an entrepreneurial and a legal background. So I may be able to spot some red flags. Um, I don't give advice, uh, but if people are getting ready to walk blindly over a cliff, I can ask um, some, some questions. I can ask some really pointed questions that, they'll need to investigate before they go in that direction. So I think mm-hmm. saving, saving a lot of wasted time and, and the learning by experience is something that I, that I do bring, by ta- bring to the table. Wonderful. I, I love that. So you, um, you're very good at uh, giving. You don't give advice, but you guide you through questioning. And uh, very. I, you mentioned individualized, so I, obviously you work with people who – who you mesh with and they mesh with you very well. Totally get that. Um, I'm curious, can you, you've probably helped a lot of people and and whatnot over the years. Uh, Can you tell us any of the most moving or entertaining stories from your life or career? Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, yeah, I really, I have a soft spot for people going solo. I, I really do. And, um, some of the ones that I've worked with, it's, it's, it's interesting to see people who've come out of big law and not and, and do, a, do a great job at what they do. I mean, they're very skilled attorneys and ha- are complete newborn infants when it comes to the business and running a business and marketing and getting clients for them. For themselves and setting up their mm. office and and everything and and you know big law is a system it's it's a machine it's a it's mm. a city within a couple of floors in a building usually <laughs> back in the day <laughs> in real mm. life um, but I mean people that are that come up in big law and they're very successful it's it's very it's very tiered but even from day one you don't make your own coffee you know and you don't have to do your own court running. And to go from that to being a solo where you have to do all of that and more, um, mm. it's, it's, I don't know, it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful process, and it's um, very rewarding to be – I'm very honored when people, people ask me to go on that journey with them. Wow. That's amazing. And that's incredible. So you have a salt spot for people who want to go on their own to start their own practice, their own firm, mm-hmm. a law firm. And I, I can only imagine uh, you know, 
that, how daunting that is, how challenging that is, and how one would need a coach and assistant to do that and, and whatnot. So I think that's incredible. <laughs> you know, um, I'm curious uh, now, you know, networking um, is very important. Um, obviously, even during the pandemic, people still have a need for um, the human relationships. So, you know, people are networking on Zoom and whatnot. But, uh, you know, obviously we met on LinkedIn, which is a major networking platform. And obviously uh, a lot of uh, folks would love to network so they can get to a point where they mostly or solely rely on referrals, right? And this mm-hmm. also is not just for, you know, entrepreneurs, but for job hunters as well, people looking for work. I'm curious, what networking advice do you have for folks? Stay networking. Start networking, stay networking, network for life. Uh, it's been it's been my lifeblood, and it's probably one of my it's one of my greatest passions is connecting people and putting people together. Uh, it's been it's very interesting. I, I learned networking I guess maybe ten twelve years ago, and I was I was a newborn baby in that. I was like mm. people really had to take me under their wing, and I was like I just started going, and I was such an introvert. Oh my gosh, <laughs> keep going. Mm. Um, I would really have to like bet myself, you know. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to put. 30 minutes on the parking meter and I have to stay until the parking, you know, until I literally have to leave to come, um, to come check the meter. Um, mm. it, it's, I know. Right. And now it's, now I do workshops and, and classes on, on networking. Um, LinkedIn has been great this past year. Um, people have been very ready, readily accepting connections. Um, even though we've just met maybe once or we've just got a second degree connection together. Um, but definitely networking, it's never too soon to start. Um, in fact, I've met people who are like their first year of college uh, and they're networking and they're talking, they want to talk to people and they want to learn more. Um, and then I also encourage people who are completely retired to continue networking because they have so much to give back. They can take people mm. to their wing. They can, they can give a whole retrospective of the industry, whichever industry they're in, um, of their career and mm. You know, you can use that to to base what's coming in the future. So, absolutely, absolutely, network um, all the time. It's it's still no matter how busy I am, it's still a good chunk of time that I spend just talking to people and going to online online networking events. Now, wonderful, I love that. And the advice you gave, you, you start off by saying start and stay networking. I uh, love that. Um, I may copyright it, coin it, put it on a shirt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> stolen. I, I consider it stolen. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and you, so you said for you, networking is like the lifeblood of what you do, which is amazing. And you, you, you get a joy out of connecting people. So do I. I love connecting people and being like a little matchmaker, so to speak, you know. Um, and it's interesting that you, you mentioned that you were an introvert. And oftentimes I find some of the best networkers are introverts. Uh, If not, the best networkers out there are are introverts, which I find very, very interesting um, how that is. I think introverts have an advantage when it comes to networking. They uh, they let the other person talk, and they tend to be good listeners and whatnot, uh, which definitely helps you to build relationships. And so, you know, networking – I agree with you. It's so important. They say your network is, is your net worth, right? And mm-hmm. it sounds corny, but true. 
Um, I like to tell people the more you network, the luckier you get. So, um, you know, the most successful people out there have the widest and deepest networks. Um, if people have uh, read the book by Keith Ferrazzi, Never Eat Alone, um, he talks a lot mm-hmm. about this. And so definitely networking is something I do a lot. I started the podcast uh, as, because I wanted to network based on some books I read by Steve Gordon. Um, interviewing people is a great way to network. That's why I recommend this to everyone. And, uh, you know, you can start a relationship by providing value and whatnot. Um, so I'm curious, uh, uh, what advice would you give to someone who's listening to you and says, you know, I want to do what Day is doing. I want to, you know, be a coach and whatnot and um, and perhaps work in conflict resolution. Uh, what uh, what would what tips would you give them? Um, well, first of all, I'm I'm open for conversation, so more than happy to talk to people who reach out. In fact, I just talked to somebody like a week ago who's like, I just saw your profile on LinkedIn and I want to go into your line of work. Will, will you have a conversation with me? And I'm like, absolutely. So we just spent like 20 minutes talking on the phone. So I have, I have no problem with being with um, people who reach out. Um, I would look into, as far as conflict resolution, I would, I would get the book Getting to Yes um, and also the book Crucial Conversations. And they're not not huge academic reads. They're very, um, they're widely available in paperback and very layman's terms of that kind of work. And uh, coaching too. So reach out, chat with me, chat with, uh, you probably know a coach, so talk to a coach. And it's going to be, in both areas, it's a similar skill set. It's, it's very much the active listening, the getting to the, getting to the root, getting to the higher elevation, so going deep, going wide, and getting listening. And powerful questioning is, is key to both of those industries in the actual application of the work. So, yeah. Wow. And definitely ask a bunch of questions. Talk to a bunch of questions. I know people sometimes just dive into a, a master's program or some people even are like, hey, I want go to go to law school and I want to do conflict management. And it's like, Okay, you don't have to go to law school, so if you want to talk about that, great. And if law school is in your future, amazing. I'll support you 100%. Um, if alternative dispute resolution is, is in your future, then there are several ways to get there. Wow. Wow, thank you so much for that. And it's, um, you know, I, I think that advice is amazing that people should reach out, That uh, and that's gracious of you that people can reach out to you that you're open to it. So you you know, obviously you weren't you weren't lined before. You do love to network and meet new people. <laughs> so and it's amazing that you were willing to in that one example speak with that woman for twenty minutes who just reached out to you on LinkedIn. Um and she got to I guess sort of pick your brains about what it's all about. And and, and you mentioned those two book recommendations, Getting to Yes and Crucial Conversations. I've heard of both. Uh I've read one of them, Crucial Conversations, great book. Uh, I love crucial conversations and and whatnot, and, and so um, definitely that book is actually worth a reread. Um, love to uh, check that out. Um, there are so many great books out there, of course. Um, and uh, I'm curious now. Obviously, um, 
you know, you have dropped a lot of great wisdom in terms of, you know, important life lessons for folks to follow, I, I like the importance of networking and having a coach and whatnot. I'm curious, um, in addition to that, what, what life lessons have you learned yourself or from others that you'd love to share with us? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, gosh, um, I'd say let me do a little bit more risk management in my, you know, in my early entrepreneurial days. You can, you can let your, your passion blind you to things, so definitely do some due diligence. Um, and you know, and get all the and get all the facts, and and make a decision if you if you want. So if you're following a passion, find out about it, and then decide. Hey, you know what? It's worth it's worth it. It's worth the risk. It's worth the downsides. It's um, I can overcome these obstacles, but definitely look look a little bit before you leap. So um, that's what I would go with people people going into business. Ask the same with as I said before, ask a ton of questions, talk to people who've been there before. Um, you think you're bothering them or, or whatever. People love to tell you their experiences and, and help you with stuff. So please, please, please reach out and talk to people when you're, you know, when you're starting a venture or you're curious about something, um, you know, and then try it. Wonderful. I like that advice. Um you know, if you obviously hang around people that are at the level you wish to be at, so important. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about how success leaves clues, and and so many people would love to be a mentor and uh, and to teach uh, proteges, so to speak. Um, people get a kick out of it. I, I think even you do. You love to to speak. You know, you spoke with that woman for twenty minutes, which is amazing. <laughs> There's a joy when it comes to teaching and imparting your wisdom with others. Uh, particularly when you spoke about elderly people who who may be retired, they should still network just so they can share their wisdom to others. And so uh, I think that's so critical. Uh, people should take advantage of this, obviously. And you you talked about how people should take educated guesses, risk or educated risk, look before they leave. They should do their homework. Um, so important. And you know, it ties into you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there's a there's a high failure rate with uh, new businesses. Uh, I'm sure you're aware most new businesses fail within the first couple of years. I'm not too sure what the statistic is for lawyers uh, when they go off on their own. It, you know, if they succeed at a high rate during the first couple of years. Um, but that's why I think coaching is so important. Do, are you? I'm curious. Why do you think the failure rate is so high? And is what should entrepreneurs do to turn that around? Oh gosh, um, that's you know that is a, a pretty uh, accurate statistic. Uh, it takes five. It really takes five years um, for a business to gel. It's a lot of background work. Uh, people say, oh, they were an overnight success. Well, you'll find that it was probably ten to twenty years of mm. of, of work before that overnight success. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it really, I think it depends a little bit on the industry about how much lead time you have to take off with your business. Um, but then there's a, there's a great book. There's a Napoleon Hill book. Um, I don't know if he wrote it or it was just under his brand, but it's called Three Feet from Gold. And that's something definitely um, every entrepreneur should read that one and also the E-Myth Revisited. Um, every entrepreneur should read that and read them several times. <laughs> Uh, actually, um, but things are how to put this um like our our culture and our society is so easy to open a business, and yet it's still 
it's still an uphill, it's still an uphill battle. So it's, it's a low, a low barrier entry. You know, you can file an LLC at your state for, you know, a hundred bucks or less and then boop, mm. you're in business. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, there's that. And then on the other side, there's not as many resources as you would expect. You really have to kind of find them. You have to, you have to work for it. And then you have to surround yourself with people who are, can do <laughs> Um, and your, you know, your family is, has a, and your friends that you have now have a vested interest in you staying the person that you are. And it's not their fault. It's totally not their fault. That's the you that they've, they've come to love and know and want to support. And when you say, hey, I'm going to open a business, they're like, ooh, you know, I, I, mm, that's going to be more hours of your time you're not going to spend with us. It's going to be, you know, what if you're, what if you're successful? You're not going to be part of our pack anymore. Um, mm. What if you fail? Then we're going to have to sweep you up and put you back together. And it's um, it's a change in your cultural dynamic. And I think in addition to the battle or the I don't like to say battle, but the the challenge of having an own business, you're you're also in innately in a in a culture in a community that's not not you know, again, they're not bad people and they're not, they're not, they're, they they just don't want to see you get hurt. And so that's, that's like one of the reasons that it's, it's difficult to get over that. It's to get difficult to get over that hump. Right. Definitely. And so I think that is, um, I think that's an amazing advice. Um, obviously it's so easy to go into business, but people need to do their homework and make sure they have the right resources, the right people around them and whatnot. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was talking to one gentleman who was a guest on the show. He said, there's no such thing as failure, just learning experiences. So I think when a lot of people um, don't succeed in business, it's just a learning experience so they can succeed later on. Um, so many successful folks had a couple, couple of failures under their belt and they sort of, mm-hmm. as John Maxwell would say, failed forward. Right. Yeah. Um, one way to look at it. So, uh, definitely. Um, now, it's interesting. You mentioned um, two books already, Getting to Yes, Crucial Conversations, and whatnot. Do you have any other uh, book recommendations for folks? Uh, yeah. For, well, for entrepreneurs, I just mentioned also the E-Myth uh, Revisited and what was the other one? Oh, Three Feet from Gold. So those are those are really great. I, uh, oh, I'm also reading right now Profit First. Um, I don't know if you've heard that one, but I've talked to a couple of people who are, are reading it. Um, the second one is Clockwork. Uh, it's very interesting. And the guy's motto, it's Mike, and I'm going to butcher his last name, so I'm just not going to say it. Um, he's, his um, motto, I think, is something like saving entrepreneurs from the grave or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. it's really like the entrepreneurial downfall he points out a lot of the entrepreneurial downfalls and um, i read clockwork first because it was recommended to me and um and then i went back and read the precursor which is profit first and so those are, those have been really interesting i haven't implemented everything yet so i can't swear by it but it's actually a really good place to look it's a good place to look um if you're looking for a, a new business book or a new entre- entrepreneurial book to to read Wonderful. So I love that. I, I've definitely heard of E-Myth and, and Three Feet from Gold. It reminds me of a story that Napoleon Hill wrote about in his book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, so 
definitely mm-hmm. familiar with that. I'm definitely going to check that out. And Profits First and Clockwork, um, haven't heard of those, um, but based on your recommendation, I'm definitely going to take them a, give them a look. I'm going to see if they're in Scribd, uh, Scribd.com, which I have a, a membership with. Um, and uh, highly recommend Scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D.com to anyone who's a reader. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to check those out for sure. Um, I'm curious, are you ever going to write a, a book yourself? I think it would be great. That's, yeah, that's a good question. I'm actually I'm working on some workbooks. Um, actually, I have two workbooks in the in the process now, and um, I'm gonna say they're maybe fifteen to twenty percent done. Uh, so one is gonna be actually a conflict resolution workshop, a workbook that I'm gonna market to attorneys' offices for them to to work with, through with their clients or get to their clients. Mm. And the and the other one is going to be for women attorneys and client development. So um, that will be that will be the topic I'm working on uh, or I'm speaking on in Nashville um, in the fall. So that's going to be my my target publication date will be pre pre fall conference uh, so that that's ready to go. Wonderful, great, and definitely keep me posted um, on those books. I'd love to check them out. And I'm also curious, are you ever going to start uh, your own podcast? I think you'd be a great podcast host. <laughs> um, it's, an, it's an idea. It's a, it is an idea. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, so and that's got pretty much just my snippets from either Facebook Lives or uh, other podcasts that I've been on. So um, it's not, I'm not going to say it's not in the future right now, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am pretty. I am totally adventurous, and I don't mind. Uh, you know, I certainly don't mind uh, being on air. So, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Well, I think you're a great podcast guest. So, if you don't go ahead with the po- doing a podcast, you can be a guest on other shows. Um, something to look into, and definitely helps you get a lot of exposure and whatnot. I spoke with one guest who said the magic is being a guest on uh, on other shows. So something else to look at. Um, and uh, so, I, again, I think you'd make a great podcast uh, host. I, I tell this to people all the time. Um, Seth Godin, who's a big marketing guru, he's like bald-headed, wears glasses. He says everyone should have a podcast, and that podcasting is the new blogging. Um, definitely, um, and it's free to start one with Anchor, and you know, it's something I think is a great idea. It helps. It's great with networking um, and building relationships and whatnot. So it's something to consider, of course. Um, so again, um, you know, that I wanted to go ahead and uh, thank you um, for being a guest on the show. This has been an enlightening, educational, inspiring conversation, and I know the audience feels the same way. Can you go ahead and describe all the ways that people can reach out and get in touch with you to put a center of influence in their network or to use or if they know someone who could use your services? Um, absolutely. I'm I'm widely available on social media. So I think LinkedIn is my, my home base uh, and Daya Nace, there's only one of me. Uh, also the success partner, my business is, has its own um, LinkedIn page. And I'm also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, gosh, Clubhouse. Um, so yeah. I'm pretty pretty widely available. Um, also, you can go to my website, which is the the successpartner.net. I also own .com, but it doesn't always um, 
port over uh, for people. So uh, that's fine. And of course, my email, Daya at the success partner, and that is .com. Um, but yeah, I'm really easy to find. That is one of the benefits of having a unique name. So definitely out there on on all the major social media brands and, and always happy to talk to people. Wonderful. Uh, I think it's a great name and very unique, by the way. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for that. The information you just provided will be available in our episode description area so people can see it and read it there. All right. So, uh, again, thank you so much for that, and thank you for being a guest on this show. Um, definitely it has been a great, fun discussion. And for the audience, thank you uh, for listening to the episode. Do you want to leave us with a last word or final send-off? Ah, just do it. Um, I know that's a Nike slogan. Sorry about that. or Sorry, I'm stealing that, but I think just uh, go ahead. But what, do the one thing that you're afraid of doing uh, to move your business forward or to reach out to somebody and make a, make a high-level connection. Just do that today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Dea. And again, thank you for coming on the show as a guest. For the audience, thank you for listening. I'm going to see you guys in the uh, next episode. Uh, Everyone, uh, take care and have a, a wonderful, great day. Thank you so much to everyone. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, if you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me, uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, so uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a, a five-star review on the Apple Podcast. Uh, app uh, that would be great and if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise that would be amazing Uh, thank you so much and I'll see you guys in the next episode take care bye bye